Thank you for listening to the weekly message from Trinity of Fairview. Here's Pastor Stacy Harris. This has been our summer series in the Word in James and, and some various other passages. The series, series title has been TNT, or Surviving the Blast. My aim has been to encourage you when life just blows up on you. In those moments when things go awry, you got no handle on anything, everything's out of control. The Word gives us some, some great encouragement in those moments. I want to review uh, some things about trials and tests, things that we learned uh, the first week. Number one, we learned that they're promised, that they are coming in your life. Uh, it's not an if, it's a when. And usually that wins pretty often. We've learned that they're prolific. Usually I've got more than one going on at one time. Usually I've got three or four things in my life that I'm trying to juggle. If I'm lucky, three or four things that I'm trying to set right in my life at all times. We've learned they're pointed, they're aimed at your faith. James in chapter 1, uh, in the opening verses, called them trials of faith, tests of faith. That's what they're aimed at. We've also learned they're purposeful. And that's been the springboard, really, for this entire series. They do a work. They accomplish some things in your life. Not one moment is wasted in the hands of your Heavenly Father in your life. Good, bad, or indifferent, not one moment is wasted. He uses them all for His, good, his glory and, and ultimately for your good. So what are these purposes, Pastor? What are they? We've looked at four so far. The Lord uses trials and tests, first of all, to direct us to the appointed place, to get us to that place in life that he needs us at the next moment. Sometimes he'll utilize that trial and that test to move you on down the road, to make you depend upon his amazing grace. A trial and a test will make you depend upon the grace of God. It'll make you abandon everything else because it'll get you to a place where the grace of God is really the only alternative you have. And thanks be unto God, that's enough. I wish I'd learned just to stand on it and lean on it from the very beginning. But oftentimes, he uses trials and tests to drive me to that place to depend solely and completely upon his grace. Thirdly, we've learned that they mature us in our faith. He uses these trials, these tests to, to ease us along. We've, we've learned that just a chronological advancement or age doesn't necessarily equal maturity. He uses trials and tests to mature you and grow you. I look at some of our young people in this church, man, uh, just 6th grade, 7th grade, 10th grade, 11th grade, any grade that you want to name, man, they are far, far ahead of where I was when I was their age. The Lord has matured them. He has worked in them and through them. So don't be sold that just because a, a, an old person, that means you're mature. Man, I want to be mature in the faith at whatever age I am. I want to look more like him, understand him more uh, today than I did yesterday. Fourthly, it teaches us to identify with the Lord Jesus Christ. It makes us say, I am with him. Paul said, I want to know him. Yes, in the power of his resurrection, but ultimately in the fellowship of his sufferings and being made conformable unto his death. Today, I want to interject this thought into your mind and in your thinking in way of trials and tests. Now, the Lord does not cause them all, but, beloved, he uses them all. And today he teaches us that trials and tests ultimately bring into our lives a great reward. That trials and tests, the testing of your faith, will ultimately bear out in your life with a great, great reward. Let's read together James chapter 1, just one verse today, verse 12. And I'm going to do my best to wring all of it I can out for you concerning this great reward. It reads this way. Blessed, that means happy. Very, very joyful 
the kind of person you'd look at and want to be. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. For when he is tried, tested and approved, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath, you ought to circle this word, promised to them that love him. There's nothing in life so motivating really as a reward or a payoff. If you believe something good's coming at the end, or there's something out there, if you can just get to it, man, you'll pursue it with great zeal and great enthusiasm. One of my favorite stories about motivation, I, I love it dearly. There was a man who weighed about 300 pounds, and he thought, man, I've tried everything in the world to lose this weight, and I just can't get it done. So he abandoned the physical route, and he started to, to think about the spiritual route, and he went to his pastor, and he said, Pastor, what is it that I can do to, to lose weight? I've tried everything. Here I am, man. I just can't get rid of it. And the pastor said, I tell you what, if you'll be ready at 8 o'clock in the morning with your workout clothes on, just be ready at your front door. I believe I can help you with this problem that you've got. 8 o'clock came, he had his clothes on, ready at the front door. The doorbell rang. He opened up the door. There was the most beautiful woman he'd ever seen in his life in her workout clothes, in her running attire. She looked him in the eyes and she said, The pastor told me to show up here this morning and tell you this, that if you can catch me, I'll be yours. And she turned around and headed out down the sidewalk. And the man gave it all he had pursuing this lady. Obviously to not. Well, this happened over and over. Every morning at 8 a.m., that girl would ring the doorbell. And man, they'd set out on a run, him running as hard as he could. Months passed, and it turned out he had lost 115 pounds pursuing this young lady around the neighborhood. And he was thinking, this is my day. This is my day. When she rings the doorbell today, I'm going to catch her somewhere. And man, she'll be mine. I'm so excited. He was ready with bated breath as the doorbell rang. He opened the door, and on the other side stood a 300-pound woman in her workout clothes. She said, the pastor sent me here. He told me to tell you that if I can catch you, you're mine. You're mine. What a wise man understood that it all really boiled down to some motivation. And James is telling us here through the leadership of the Holy Spirit that there is a motivation in your life to hang in there. When the trial and the test comes, when it looks so bad that you don't think you're going to be able to make it, when the world is persecuting you and everybody's against you, when the devil seems to be uh, around your neck and you can't get rid of him, when it seems that, that daylight will never come, when, when everything is wrong, when everything is falling apart and there's pure persecution on every hand, uh, the Word says, hang in there. Don't give up. Why? Because there is a great reward waiting for those who undergo trial. And it's not just any reward. He calls it the crown of life, one that will be placed on your head. And my Word clearly to you today under the leadership of the Holy Spirit is friend don't give up child of God don't give up in the pursuit single parent don't you give up when it seems like that's the only option you've got for you that are, are fighting that disease out there don't you give up for you that's fighting that chronic health problem don't you give up when it seems your finances are too far out of control and the enemy's telling you to give in don't you give up student out there when it seems the world is against you and is sliding you and telling you you're crazy for believing what you're believing my word to you today is don't give up because he that makes it and endures to the end there is a great reward waiting for you and it is the crown of life which God himself will give unto you 
Man, that ought to motivate us today. That ought to motivate us in times of testing to rise up and say, man, I'm blessed when the trial comes to rise up and say, I'm happy, I'm joyful. You ought to look at me and be envious. And when the world says, why are you acting that way? We ought to say, because one of these days, I'm going to see my heavenly Father face to face. And he's going to say to me, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And he's going to reward me there with a crown of life that will last through all eternity. Beloved, there is a reward. And James tells us specifically right here that we achieve it when we endure those times of testing, trial, and trouble in our life. Four things worthy of note here this morning concerning this reward. First of all, I want you to see that it is a purchased reward. It is what I call a purchase reward. He said, blessed is a man that endureth. What a, what a powerful, self-explanatory word that is. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. For when he is tried, that word tried there means tested and he has passed. Tested and has been approved. Blessed is that man who endures these trials and tests. In the end, he's been tested and shown to be worthy. And you see, there's a, a sense that we purchase this crown by our endurance. Now, sometimes we don't like the thought of earning anything that has to do with the Lord. But, beloved, it's clearly here. It's that person who endures. It's that person who makes it to the end. It's that person who's going to receive that crown of life from the Lord. It's only by never quitting. It's only by enduring to the end. It's only by standing up in the face of all obstacles that we get to receive the reward, that we get to reap the benefits. I thank you. I had a privilege a couple of weeks ago. I thank you for that time to, to spend with my family down at the beach. We all packed up, as everybody does when they take a trip like that. Seems like we try to take everything that we own to the beach. I don't know why that is, but we try Man, we even this year got us a brand new uh, car carrier. Have you ever seen those that slide in the hitch? And, and man, not only did I have the inside of the car loaded, I had the outside of the car loaded. I had everything you can imagine. Coolers, canopies, chairs. I had it all, man. And we're excited. Headed out to the beach. Got a little late start, but we couldn't get there soon enough. Got down at the end of Cane Creek, sitting at the red light. Been sitting there for about two minutes with a lady behind me. Bless her dear soul. I don't know what happened. I do know what happened. You talk about trials and tests. She had five kids, and I bet two of them might have been school age in that car with her. That's a trial and a test in itself, moms, I'll tell you that. Man, we were sitting at that red light. She rear-ended us, destroyed my car carrier. Everything that was in it was tore all to smash. We had to pull off the side. I mean, hey, could have been worse. I'm not worried about it. But all I'm thinking is here's another hour and a half that I'm going to have to spend before I get down to the beach. Everything was taken care of. We're thankful for that. We, we headed out. I turned my GPS on, got on 26, headed down through there. It came on wreck at exit 82. I need to reroute you, man. I said, great, reroute me. I'm out in the countryside. I went around it, got back on the interstate it came back on wreck at exit 97 I need to reroute you so I got off went around the wreck at exit 97 came back on down there right in Columbia came on again wreck at exit 113 you want me to reroute you so I'm getting off I'm going around to all these things got back on past exit 120 big giant sign heavy traffic ahead expect long delays I thought beloved I don't think there is a longer delay than what I've went through already to this point man I tell you we got off the interstate again 
went around, finally got off in Orangeburg at 301, headed across to 95, GPS came on again, road closed, not a delay, 301 is closed ahead. So I had to loop around, go back to 26, all the way down to Somerville. You say, what happened? Man, I thought about when I got back to 26, coming to Asheville. How many, hey, I thought, man, I must not supposed to be going to the beach today or something. 318 miles, nine-hour trip to get to the beach, beloved. Nine hours. I thought, my soul, I don't know if it's worth it. Maybe we go to Gatlinburg next year, I think. And guess what we do? My man, when I got down there and got my lawn chair out, took me a cooler with about a dozen oatmeal cream pies in it down to the beach. I had my cherry Coke Zero as it has to offset the oatmeal cream pies in my little koozie. I was down right at the surf, man, with the water lapping on my feet. Man, I had the prettiest lady in the universe, prettiest person's ever been a, put a swimsuit on sitting beside me. And I thought, well, was it worth nine hours? I thought, yes, yes, yes. It was worth nine hours to get to this place. And you see, sometimes in life, you run into one thing and then another thing. And when you get that thing handled and you bypass that thing, here's another thing in your, in, your, in your focus. Here's another thing, another obstacle in your way. And man, you feel like just turning back. You feel like giving up. You feel like it's just not worth it anymore. But the Word says, man, if you'll press through, if you'll, if you'll hang on, if you'll just endure until the end, I guarantee you that you'll be happy you did. Because at the end of it, all of that trial, all of that testing is going toward purchasing for you a great reward when you get to the kingdom of God. And that reward is the, is the crown of life. Man, my word to you today, when you say, is it worth all the effort, pastor, is yes, 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 yes. Hold on. It will be worth it. The one that endures, he's the one that purchased for himself a crown of life. It's a purchase reward. Secondly, I want you to note that it's a, a promised reward. Man, I, I love that thought. You know what promise means? It means you can absolutely count on it. It means you can absolutely bank on the fact that this is going to happen if it's a promise. It means it's a 100% guarantee that this reward is, is, is waiting for you. I love the language of verse 12. It says this, that he shall receive the crown of life. And I love that next phrase, which the Lord has promised. I love that word, a rich word. The Lord has promised that he will do this for you. It's not a speculation. It's not our best hope and wish. It's a promise from God himself that if you'll keep on going and endure to the end, no matter what it takes, that you're going to receive this reward. From his hand, a crown of life. I love the promises of God in my life, don't you? Man, when you go to the Word, you can see promise after promise after promise. One writer I read put it this way, a promise from God is a statement that we can depend on with absolute confidence. I want to give you 12 promises and add this one as a 13th that you have from God to you today. Number one, you have the promise of God's presence. Didn't he say in Hebrews 13, 5, I will never 
leave you. What a promise from the Lord today. You have the promise of God's protection. He says, I am your shield. All through the Psalms, doesn't he say, man, I'll be your strength and I'll be your shield and I'll uphold you. You have the promise of God's power. In Isaiah 41.10, he says, I will be the one who strengthens you. You have the promise of, of God's provision. He says, yea, I will help you and uphold you. You have the promise of God's leading. He has poured forth in his own sheep the Holy Spirit and the shepherd, the good shepherd, goes before them we've learned in John chapter 10 we have the promise of God's purpose he says in Jeremiah I know the thoughts that I think towards you thoughts of peace and good thoughts not of evil but thoughts to prosper and bless you we have the promise of God's rest he says come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest you have the promise of God's cleansing and we confess our sin he says he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness we have the promise of God's goodness. He says in Psalm 84, not one good thing will I withhold from them who walk uprightly. We have the promise of God's faithfulness. The Lord will not forsake his people, First Samuel tells us. We have the promise of God's guidance. The meek, Psalm 25 says, he will guide. We have the promise of God's wise plan. And this is what I have been preaching through this whole series. Romans 8:28 tells us that all things work together for the good, for them that love God and are called according to his purpose. When the trial gets tough, remember these promises. There's one that'll meet your need in the word of God in any place you find yourself. And hold tight to the ultimate promise that God has guaranteed you that if you'll wait and endure to the end that you not might, but you will receive from his hand a crown of life that'll last you throughout all eternity. Beloved, this is a promised Reward. It's a promised reward. I also want you to see not only is it a promised reward, I want you to see thirdly that it is a particular reward. It's a particular reward. He names it. He calls it the crown of life. He says he's going to receive not just a blessing or not even just a reward in a vague sense. He tells us something very particular. He says he is going to receive the crown of life. Now, I don't know about you. I think about this often. But man, when we get there, won't it be reward just to be in heaven itself? Won't heaven be a dynamic reward for our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ? Man, I stood at a memorial service last night and read John chapter 14. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house, he said, are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. Now, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place, he said, I will come again. And I'll receive you unto myself. Why? That where I am, Jesus said, there you may be also throughout all eternity. When we think about heaven, we can't fathom what it'll be like. It'll be a, a dynamic reward in and of itself just to walk into that place. Man, you think about it in Revelation 21, it describes the new Jerusalem for us and all its glory. And to think that I'll come and that I'll go 
and that I'll live and that I'll dwell in a place like that throughout all eternity. That ought to be reward enough for us. Think about life eternal, that when we get there, we'll never have to face death again, that it'll be abolished forever. Uh, we've done all the dying that we're going to do because of the Lord Jesus Christ, that when I get there, I'll live there throughout all eternity. Man, that's reward enough. Think about seeing the face of the Lord Jesus Christ, your Lord and your Savior, the one who loved you enough to die for you. Won't that will be a reward in and of itself to see him just as he is. But this passage speaks of a, of a further reward, a particular reward, a peculiar reward, one that's aimed at those who stand the tests and trials of life with great valor. He calls it the crown of life. Scholars call it in other places the martyr's crown. It's mentioned in Revelation chapter 2 down around verse 8. It's a crown that is specifically tailored for those believers who endure tribulations, trials, severe suffering, often even unto death. That's the crown of life that you'll receive. Just by way of your knowledge, there are five crowns that are mentioned in the New Testament. Five crowns that are tied to particular ways that you live and particular ways you pursue your faith here on this planet and in this life. It mentions an incorruptible crown. That's in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, also called the imperishable crown given to believers who faithfully run the race and who crucify selfish desire in the flesh and, and somehow point men to Jesus. The crown of rejoicing, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 19 mentions it. Those who are faithfully witnessing, those who are out there sharing their faith, they have for themselves a crown of rejoicing. The crown of righteousness, the famous passage in 2 Timothy chapter 4, Paul said, I'm ready and I'm headed up and there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness but that the righteous judge is going to give me a crown to those who live right and who live according to the precepts and the guidance of the word of God while they're here on this earth a crown of great glory they call this the pastor's crown it'll be given to ministers who faithfully feed the flock of God and I know that you're sitting out there thinking, well, I'm not a pastor, but I'm going to tell you, there are teachers out there who faithfully feed the flock of God. There are people out there I can go to in my life, in my history, who sat with me and sowed into me the precepts of, of the Word of God and taught me the things that helped me live the life that I have lived. There are people out there who have mentored me, not in a formal sense, but they've met me and, and just done life with me and sown into me the precepts of God and how to act and how to live and how to be a part of the kingdom of God in the best way that I can. And I believe they are set aside as well to receive this crown of glory, those people who minister the word of God. I've got to tell you that it's my earnest hope that when I get there, I've handled the office that God has given me in such a way that he will say to me, Son, I have reserved for you a crown of glory. For rightly dividing the word of truth and sowing it into the lives of people. There's a reward, folks, specific to those people who undergo severe tests and trials in life. Those people who stay with it until the end. Jesus said, I'm going to give you a crown of life. What a thought today. That God sees everything that you're going through. He sees every time that you've stood for your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's going to give you a particular 
peculiar reward when you get to the kingdom. Lastly, I want you to see this clearly. I want you to see the prerequisite for this reward. I want you to see the prerequisite for this reward. He says at the end of verse 12, the Lord has promised it. He could have put a, a period right there and been done with the verse, but the Holy Spirit led him to write this. It comes to those who love him. It comes to those who love him. How many of y'all could say today from the depths of your heart as best you know how, Pastor, I just love I just love the Lord Jesus Christ. I, I know I'm not what I ought to be all the time. I know I don't think right, act right, and do right all the time. But as best I know, I just love the Lord Jesus Christ with all my heart. That's the prerequisite for this reward. That's what you've got to have. He qualified it when he said, it's to those who love him. I wrote this thought down. You'll never endure to the end. You'll never be tested and found approved unless you love Jesus with every ounce and every fiber of your being. I was with my dad the other day. Uh, we were eating a little bit of lunch, and we looked out the window, and we saw at the red light a group of motorcycle riders. It was one of those days it was 100 degrees in the shade, and there was a, a group of motorcycle riders out there riding together. They were stopped at the stoplight. Some of them were shaking their hands and doing this and that and the other while they were stopped there. And my dad looked out the window, and he said, Man alive, look at those poor folks. And I said, What? Because I said, Dad's a motorcycle rider. He's a motorcycle guy. I thought, Man, look at those poor folks. What are you saying? Well, you explain yourself. And he looked at me, and he said, Son, look at them. It's 100 degrees out there. They're burning slapped to death every second that they're not moving, and the wind's not in their face. They have all that leather gear and protection on. They're sweating like you can't believe sitting on those motorcycles right now. He said, Look out there at them. They've been riding together for miles doubtless he said if they were to get off those bikes right now they'd probably walk just like this he said they're, they're saddle sore beyond measure out there on them bicycles he said look at them shaking their hands he said I can tell you why they're doing that because they're dead asleep because they've been holding the throttle and working for that long trying to make sure everything's alright he said they ain't even been able to sightsee because if you're on a motorcycle you can't dare look one way or another you gotta look right where you're going and where everybody else is going and it's a constant on alert, tension to make sure that you don't crash out there. I said, man, why in the world, Dad, would anybody ride a motorcycle then? If all that's true, I don't understand. He looked at me and he said, son, they do it because they absolutely love it. They don't care if they're in misery. They love riding motorcycles. That's why they do it. And I'm here to tell you, you'll never stand up under tests, under trials, under the weight of this world, unless deep in your heart there's a love there for the Lord Jesus Christ that no test could stamp out, that the enemy himself couldn't even come and snatch from you. You'll only make it and endure to the end because you love the Lord Jesus Christ. I can't tell you how many times, and I bet if I were to be able to look into your life and allow you to stand, I can't tell you how many times in my prayer I've said, Lord, I'm just done. Lord, I can't handle this anymore. Lord, I can't go one step further. I, I'm just quitting right here. You do what you want to do. Get somebody else to do it. I've done all I can do. But after the words come out of my mouth, there's something in my heart that stirs. And it's a love for the Lord Jesus Christ. And that love won't let me quit. It won't let me sit still. It won't let me give up. It motivates me to, to move until the end. And beloved, when we do it because of the love of God that's in our heart, Man, we can be sure that there's a reward at the end of this. I had this 
best thought written down. Aren't you glad that he didn't give up on you? Aren't you glad that he loved you until the end? The Word of God tells us clearly that we have been loved by Him in a way that we can't understand. And then it tells us He loved us until the very end. You know what that means? That means He gave His very life's blood because of the love of, of God in Him for you while He walked on this planet. He endured everything imaginable. He endured the whipping. He endured the crown. He endured the mocking. He endured the shame. He endured the violation. He endured the weight of the cross on his back. He endured the nails. He endured the spears. He endured even death itself. Why did he do it? Because today, beloved, and even then, he looked across time, and there was a love in his heart, not just for the apostle Paul or for Peter or for John, but for you and for me. That's why he endured to the end. And man, someone who went through all that for me inspires me to say, Lord, I'm with you. I love you. And I'm going to keep living. I'm going to keep on going. As long as there's breath in me, I'm going to keep pressing forward out of a love that's in my heart for you. Only those who are deeply in love with him will make it, beloved. That's a prerequisite for it. If you're on the fence somewhere, let me tell you, somewhere down the road, you're going to get out. But man, if you're passionately in love with the Lord Jesus Christ, you couldn't quit and you couldn't leave him, even though you might want to with all your heart. In way of conclusion, I remember a movie that came to my mind. Uh, Russell Crowe played a, uh, played a general in a movie, Gladiator. How many of y'all have seen that movie? That's a, that's a He-Man kind of movie. I mean, that's something the, the guys like to watch over and over if they can. General Maximus, one of the opening scenes in the movies, he's addressing his troops and getting them inspired to, to meet the enemy that's down the hill. And he's charging them up and saying all kind of things to him. And, and I won't attempt to, to, to mimic his voice because I can't do it like Russell Crowe. Y'all would just laugh, laugh me out of here. But what he said sticks in my mind to his troops. One statement he made, he said this, Men, what we do in life echoes in eternity. What we do right here on this battlefield today, it echoes in eternity. And while I know he wasn't speaking along the same lines James was, that's what he's saying to us. What you do in life, what you do in, in the face of these tests, these trials, these undertakings, it's going to echo in eternity. And the Lord says, I'll be able to walk with a particular crown. A peculiar reward, the crown of life. We hope you've been blessed by today's message. If you'd like to find out more about Trinity of Fairview, visit us online at trinityoffairview.org or call 828-628-1188.